You're listening to Wander and Roam. In the rolling foothills below the evergreen mountains, brick huts and dugouts poke out from the earth, overgrown with years of green. Carts of stone, coal, and ore hop along beaten tracks from cave to cave, and orange-red light flickers and pops from every door. Greenhorns and old-timers alike jump and look over their shoulders at every crack and bang, because you're never really in the clear when you're in Blast Town. Isn't this where the man flung from a slingshot flew in from? The man in the crevasse. Suddenly, there erupts a large boom that shakes the sand underneath their feet. Ooh. Ooh. I ain't never felt nothing like that before. Life doesn't give you a boom every once in a while. No, not like that. The inhabitants of the city have stopped for a second and taken stock of their surroundings and then continue along with their daily life. Oh. Oh. Kind of strange. They don't seem too concerned. Maybe it's a... a normal thing around here? Must be. Seems like he's probably got their nerves acting up. We should see if we could talk to one of them. Uh, come on, let's go down. As they start into town, they see at the edge of the town, blasted into the side of a mountain, is a large crater. From the debris that's been thrown back, it can't be more than a few weeks old. That looks like cut right out of the mountain. I had never seen something like that. A fox wearing a shawl passes by and says, Oh, are y'all new here? Oh, yeah, um, hi. <laughs> this is Raindrop. Um, my name is Alden Feathersby. Hamish Hogg. Hamish hey, Onassis. Uh, yeah, nice to, nice to meet you. We're new in town and couldn't help but notice your, um, lovely mountain and lack of. That just happened a few weeks back. That mountain used to be a full-size, proper mountain. Wow. I don't know. Mountains in this part of the country, you know, they're more like hills. <laughs> okay, no no reason to compare. There's one export in this town, a little black rock called coal. Well, we extract that right out of the mountain. However, a few weeks back, you see, a couple of miners stumbled upon something up there, and, well, there was a boom, and then they were gone. Oh, that's really unfortunate to hear. Yeah, it's very sad. Did you find the coal, though? <laughs> now, now, Hamish, that is callous and very cruel. Very insensitive. But did you find it, though? Look, we all die. Except for me, I live forever. The fox woman looks at Hamish, gives him an eyebrow up, and turns and walks away. I recognize now that maybe my radical acceptance of what happens in life may have turn to callousness in some situations. Mm, a little off-putting to some. You ought to work on that. I, I will. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. So there was a mountain right there, and then there was a bang, and now there's not a mountain. A much smaller mountain. Okay, well, But yeah. a much larger crater. <laughs> <laughs> you think maybe we should uh, ask around, see if we could learn anything else about this crater? Well, you say about this crater, I was going to say about this town. They probably don't like to be defined by their tragedy. Look, they got this thriving culture in front of us. That's very sensitive of you, Hamish. Thank you. I'm a sensitive boy. He's been working on himself. Squeaker's tummy rumbles. And he looks at the gang and says, Hey, what about we uh, see if we can get something to eat? Are you not full from that burger a few weeks ago? (laughs) I abstained. 
Oh, that's right. Let's go get a bite to eat. As the gang journeys further into town, they come upon a building that says in across the side and has the symbol of an anvil underneath. I wonder if the other side has an out. I was just thinking that. Did you say the T twice? Yeah, I mean, this one has the N twice. (laughs) Walking inside, in the center of this room is a very large fire burning inside a stone oven. There are several patrons inside. There's waitstaff going between tables. And behind the bar is an armadillo wearing a sweatband and stoking the fire. Wonder if she's making pizza. Ooh, I could go for some pizza. I mean, I know we had never heard of pizza before we went to Ukraine, but maybe someone brought it back. We are worldly, and we are cultured, and we want pizza. Honestly, I'm just praying that I find pizza on this side of the mountains. They walk up to the counter, and Squeakers raises a hand and says, Oh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, are you, uh, are you the proprietor of this establishment? Hey, sugar, one second. She returns back to the fire, and she pulls out a metal shovel with a piece of bread at the end. Oh, my. Okay, okay. We're, in, we're almost there. We're That's in business. like one-third of the way to being a pizza. Mm-hmm. Oh, welcome. What can I get you folks? Yeah, uh, I, we, we was just curious about that there bread you got there. Uh, could, you, could you enlighten us as to what you serve in this place? Oh, we uh, serve all manner of things. I like to call this cheesy bread. Oh my goodness, there's cheese. Yeah, you just sprinkle some cheese on some warm bread and it's mm-mm. Oh, that does sound delicious. Have you ever tried it with a tomato-based sauce? <gasps> well, I never thought about that. I'll have to try. Y'all got tomatoes in this part of the country? We do, but tomatoes on bread just seems crazy. Maybe you take that leap. Maybe, and Hamish <laughs> grabs her by the shoulders, maybe you follow that dream. <clears throat> you guys new here? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're pretty new. I want to apologize for my friend. He's very excited about this uh, concoction you're, you're creating. We had a couple of questions. Are, are you from around here? Do you kind of know the goings on? Born and raised, I sure do. I've been here all my life, and I'm sure I will remain here all my life. Oh, fantastic. Well, what happened over there at the mountain? You know, it was the strangest thing. Some people went into the mountains, you know, we're coal miners here, and uh, they, they found something. Not quite sure what it was, but it took the mountain clean off. Question. I hope this isn't horribly insensitive. Mm. Was this town always called Blast Town, or was that a recent addition? Oh, that was a recent addition. We just figured with all the blast, um, we should probably update. It's not named after the many small controlled blasts used in mining, or after the blast furnaces that line its streets, or... No, no, it was actually called Coal Town, but we've decided okay. the blast was, you know... That seems like a very permanent reminder of a horrible tragedy. (laughs) You put that sign in last week? You know, we decided to face these problems as they arise. Honestly, I'm just kind of inspired by their uh, tenacity. They just want to face the problems head on. What was your name again? Oh, I'm Veronica. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you. You say Veronica. So you said that something like blasted the mountain half off. That must have been something mighty strong. I mean... Do you guys usually use explosives for mining and whatnot? We have smaller, more controlled pieces of dynamite, but this was a bigger boom than we uh, were familiar with. Huh. Well, can I get some of that bread then? Absolutely. <laughs> Mm-mm. Cheesy bread. <laughs> 
Veronica will slice them all a piece and set them on the bar stools. As the gang is eating, two large dogs enter into the bar and post up on either side, standing at attention. And slowly, a mountain goat walks in. Veronica, who's that? Oh, that's our mayor. Mayor may not. Mayor may not what? A pleasure to see you, mayor. Your usual. No, yes, please. Cheese and bread. Separate, though. Um, question for you, Mr. Maynot. This may or may not may have or may not. Have you ever tried putting the cheese on the bread and then baking it? No, no, I'm a traditional sort of fella. So am I. This is truly life-changing. You know, I'm pretty settled into my life. I think I'm just content to eat bread and cheese next to one another. That's fair. I hope you find what you like. That's the Blast Town way. Um, the Coal Town way? Well, it's Blast Town now. Why? <laughs> well... Because of a major life-changing event. Well, it was not my choice. But you're the mayor. Don't you have a say in... Well, I'm the mayor on a technical level, but you see, most of our issues are presented democratically to our populace. You see, this is the sort of town that belongs to its workers. All of the various animal folk all raise a glass and say, Hear, hear! Now, what are you newcomers up to? Oh, we're just passing through. We heard a boom that kind of shook the ground and decided to, you know, see what was up. Is that pretty typical around here? Between the mines and the blacksmithing and generally a lot of controlled fire and burning in this part of the country, there's oftentimes some sort of a boom happening. We kind of just sort of absorb it and go on with our day. Usually it's not a problem. Except when something like the mountain happens? Yeah, now that's a real confounding incident. We don't have anything that can make that big of a boom. Huh. Did you, like, send a team to investigate? Yeah, we sent some folks up, but they came back just as confounded as they were going up. The door to the inn swings open yet again, and an anteater stands in the doorframe. And she says, um, uh, Mr. Mr. Mayor? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, we, we gotta, sh we gotta show you something, man. We, we, come here. Be right there, Joe. And may or may not puts down his bread and his cheese on two separate plates and stands up to go. Mr. Mayor, I, I know this might be like a, kind of a weird inquiry because we just blew into town, but, uh, we were just wondering, uh, do you, do you mind if we maybe tag along with you to see what was going on? All right, well, that's unorthodox, but, uh, you know, keep a safe distance and I'm sure you'll be just fine. Adventure. Now don't wander off. Wander and Rome will be right back. Winterhawk Podcasting is proud to announce the launch of our Patreon. The first release will be available for free to anyone at patreon.com slash winterhawkpodcasting on Friday, October 20th. Listen to the Wander in Rome slasher special and stay up to date on future Patreon-exclusive releases by following us for free at patreon.com slash winterhawkpodcasting. people to know Danny. You're Danny. Who am I? Summer. I'm Summer. We are bisexually lit. This is a podcast about movies and life and everything in between. 
two best friends who are loud and queer and love to talk about movies on and off mic and we'd like to take you along for the ride why did we name our podcast (laughs) bisexually lit well like you know a we're bisexual extremely b we're we're getting lit we're giving literary and thematic readings to the movies we love You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We drop a new episode every other Monday, bi-weekly, if you will. Oh, I will. Have you ever seen something you couldn't explain? Have you ever felt like something was watching you, even when you were alone? Have your dreams ever started bleeding into the reality around you? Starting March 8th, Join us bi-weekly as we travel around the contiguous United States sharing strange stories and discovering mysteries hidden within the vastness of America. Listen to Lower 48 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The gang follows the anteater and the mayor with his two guard dogs towards a mine shaft. They take the elevator down into the mine, and the anteater is explaining the situation. And so uh, we we started digging out that new section uh, because the geologist said that this is the area that we should start going. And well, we we think we found something that's related to the mountain. Okay, what what do you think it is? All right, I I don't know. Maybe you could uh, enlighten us a little bit? The cart rattles and shakes as it descends deeper and deeper into the mountain. We just need to make sure that we're, we're all safe. Um, everybody have your hard hats on and, and make sure you keep your light on at all times. Uh, it can get kind of tricky down here. And the lift stops and the gates open up. They're led down a small tunnel. When they get to the edge of the tunnel, there are a few other workers standing around looking into this hole in the wall. As the gang gets closer, it's revealed that there's this long, pointy object with fins on the end. Strange. What is that? I don't know. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that thing that old Mila rode in out of town off this big slingshot. Yeah, except this thing don't got no wings. It got little wings? Yeah, little finnies. Uh, yeah, I guess in the back there. That's very strange, but I don't see why it's particularly concerning. Joe the Anteater says, The thing that's concerning about this, sir, is, uh, well, it looks like the drawing that was recovered from the blast site. Yeah, we kept that from the public, so keep it hush-hush. Yeah. Oh, do you think there might have been another one? I dare say there is one. We're looking at it. Oh, uh, all of a sudden, I feel like this is not an adventure that we need to be a part of. Uh, I think it's time we go. Yeah, I once read a book about this, where these people walked underground, and they kept going in the dark tunnel, and then they just walked right into this mouth of this giant creature with sharp teeth, and they all died. Okay, well, I think if we just turn around and go back the way we came, everything will be all right. Right, guys? 
Squeakers, a great narrative is unfolding directly before our eyes. We must not avert our gaze. To heck with narrative. I'm going to the elevator. Oh, come on, man. That's my religion. <laughs> Aldern <laughs> makes his way to the elevator and pushes the up button, and there is a grinding sound, and the elevator does not move. Aw, oh, you broke it, Aldern. So, um, what happens to plan B when the elevator doesn't work? You guys probably have that problem often, right? Joe turns and says, Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we obviously have to fix it, but, uh, ooh-wee, this is gonna take a minute. He turns back to the mayor and he says, Um, alright, the boys are gonna get working on fixing that elevator, but, uh, I, I don't know what to do about this information, sir. Uh, sh- should we tell people? There might be more of these out there. Was the other one underground as well, or was that one above ground? It was about as far down as this one is here. Huh. As long as the miners are aware of the problem. Shouldn't people be aware of something that can blow off the rest of the mountain as right next to them? Also, there's a fair number of them here in this mine. We can't very well stop them from telling their families about it. Fair. I think that what we should do is uh, the four of us, and Squeakers points to the gang, we will leave you all to it. And, uh, you know, we'll just be on our way. This is a scary situation, and I've never been more terrified. We we were in a derby where the literal damned rose from the ground and sucked people's souls into it. I watched a huge stone pillar drop right on one specific guy. And I was not as terrified then as I am now. We were chased through a dark forest by specters of war. We also saw a spooky play. And then there was a giant snake with poison and fangs, and I think it was just real angry and wanted to, you know, destroy the world, but that's nothing compared to this. So Hamish got a job. (laughs) Don't say the word. Marketing. (laughs) Oh, God, I had two jobs. I just remembered. Have you all considered maybe leaving? I mean... This is very dangerous work. Maybe you can find another town. You know, someone's got to do the metal work out there. You think everyone's willing to make their own machinery and knives and shovels? No, but, I mean, you could move the machinery a half mile south. Call it New Blast Town. Well, hopefully we don't have to have a new Blast Town. Where'd you find this guy? The city formerly known as Blast Town. <laughs> Where did I find this guy? He came with you. Yeah, uh, he was just there watching me eat my bread and cheese, and he said, can I follow you? Have you tried pizza? <laughs> have, have we considered maybe um, moving this thing in the ground and, like, chucking it in the ocean or something? You see a lot of oceans around here? I know, but like, like it, just moving it elsewhere. It might be too dangerous. There are a lot of things that we don't understand about this thing. Um, I think that the best course of action would be to block off this passage and uh, leave just a warning. Don't come over here. And I guess we should tell the public, too, that this whole area is dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the workers who's repairing the elevator calls down and says, It's ready. Well, that was very fast. 
fishing people. I mean, we have to deal with that all the time, so it's not really a stretch for us to... Sea squeakers, it happens all the time. Nothing to be worried about. Okay, I, well, that's good for that's good for you. I, yeah. For me, mm-hmm. I'm, I this is the first time I've ever been this deep into the ground. That's well, a that's lie. Not, <laughs> yeah, that's actually not true. This is the first time I've ever been deep in the ground with something that would explode me. The gang ascends the mine shaft and ends up back in Blast Town. As they look around, they see everybody still going about their business, and in the distance, a small boom. And everybody stops, looks around, and continues with their day. You know, it's unfortunate you got here on today of all days. It's a real downer to have to watch all this go down. What is it usually like here in Blast Town? You know, a little more jaunty. Like, we got the small explosions, but everyone's generally going about their jobs. We got Veronica serving up bread and cheese, and on an exciting day, cheesy bread. I mean, this day was pretty exciting. I, I mean, not, like, fun excitement, but, like... You know the hardest part? What? If we move from around here, someone's gonna have to tell Veronica we gotta leave the hundred-year furnace behind. Hundred-year furnace? Now, Veronica, she puts on a good show being mostly a baker these days. But her family, they've been out back there home. She and her father and her father's mother back farther and further for generations. They've been keeping one fire going for 100 years. It's a pretty hot fire. You know, we don't know what started that fire. They built their house around it. Really? I mean, maybe you can move the fire almost like you just get like a torch and you light it and then you just like run it to whatever place you're going to now live and then... You could have like a ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, you could run a long way. Hey, you should make a race out of it. Yeah, have people on the sidelines just woo, encouraging and... Folks, come look at it. And he leads them solemnly toward the edge of town where there's a big brick hut and on the outside of it there's an enormous forge with a huge lump of red-hot metal burning at its core. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, wow. Now which one of you is going to carry that to the new town? I I don't envy your position and how difficult it is to deal with what's underground. All right. Going to go talk to Veronica. May want to stay back. And he walks toward the inn and goes inside. You know... It's kind of a weird thing, this idea that, like, you're living so close to death. That mine shaft ain't that far away from the town. No, and with all the other booms that seem to be happening. And those miners are working feet away from whatever that is. The men who went to investigate the former one, they're gone. I don't think they got much closer than the miners did. The mayor reemerges with Veronica, and they're having a discussion about next steps. You know, there's a lot of implications of this decision, and I'm not going to put all that on you, but I think you got to decide for yourself, uh, are you going to keep the hundred-year flame? Well, Mayor, that's kind of a heavy decision. I, it's been in my family for as long as I can remember. <laughs> I can't rightly ask you to keep working so close to whatever that thing is. It's, his sister there blew up dang near half the town. That it did, and I'd hate to see the rest of it go, but, I mean, we're not the only ones living here. Perhaps we should, we should talk to everyone else, maybe 
Maybe get that on a ballot? That is the Coal Town Way. I'm sorry, Dagnabbit, that is the Blast Town Way. All right, I'll schedule a meeting. You, uh, you take some time and think. Uh, yeah, we'll do, uh... And Veronica walks over and just stands in front of her forge and ponders. This is usually the time where we would enact some crazy and zany scheme. Do you need help fixing the ballots? What? <laughs> uh, hey, Aldern, uh, why, why don't you come with me for a minute? I'm so sorry about him. I, sometimes sometimes he gets these harebrained ideas. I, come on. Cold dang it. What is happening? Hey, folks, I've been here the whole time. Check it out. I found another silly bee. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Wander and Rome. After leaving the mining metropolis of Blast Town, the gang travels several days down the road. During a particularly long stretch of nothing, they see in the distance an immense structure made of wood and cement. Upon reaching the building, they gaze up the grease-covered walls to see a tall sign in worn blue letters that reads, Gary P. Goose's Roadside Meat Pie Emporium. Music for Wander and Rome is written and performed by Gary Argyle. Wander and Rome is produced by Winterhawk Podcasts and Gary Argyle. For more great shows, visit winterhawkpodcasting.com.